This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So be sure to pick up a nice cool Pepsi to enjoy while you watch Giants football. And don't forget, check out madeforfootballwatching.com for the latest football watching content exclusively from Pepsi. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is Friday, September 18th. We made it. It is time for our Twitter mailbag. Actually, it's an email bag um, since we have you guys and gals send your questions to us via email. And uh, for those wondering, uh, the reason for that is because I also do a mailbag on GiantsCountry.com. And uh, those questions I take through Twitter, through the usual Ask P train. And in order to keep the questions separate and make sure that they go to the right medium, um, I have you all send your questions into the Locked on Giants email account, which is locked on Giants podcast at gmail.com. So those of you who continue to send questions and I do thank you. Those of you who are thinking about sending in questions, but you're afraid of getting something back or landing on a mail list. You don't have to worry about it. Once I do the questions, I basically zap them off the system. So don't be afraid. Don't be a stranger. All questions are welcome. And I will do my best to give you as thorough an answer as I possibly can. So we are going to jump into the questions this week. And as usual, people had some uh, multiple questions uh, in some cases. So I'm going to answer every single question that I got. And I'm going to kick it off with a couple from Zachary Barbieri. I hope I said that right. Who, by the way, writes, I ordered your book and love it so far. Zach, thank you so much for ordering the book. And I'm glad you love it. Um, really appreciate the support. And uh, your questions. Let's start with your first question, which has to do with Evan Ingram. What can we do to make Ingram more effective? And how confident are you that he can successfully block and make big offensive plays all year long without getting injured. All right, let me take that question first, Zach. Um, Ingram's issue, from what I can see, is technique. I happen to look at uh, Saquon Barkley's runs um, for negative yards, and, and one thing I noticed with uh, Evan Ingram is that his technique was kind of all over the place. Now, by that, I mean, on one play, I saw Ingram duck his head and do so prematurely. And as a result, the defender just actually pushed him aside and ran right by him. I saw another instance where Ingram didn't get uh, low enough in his base and got knocked backwards. And I saw another instance where um, Ingram just basically took a bad angle. 
So there were a variety of things going on with him. Now, what can they do to make him more effective? Quite simply, they have to drill that technique into him. It's that simple. You know, I know I've said before, well, you don't want to have Ingram, who's like 230, 240 pounds, blocking a guy who's 270 and 280 pounds. And I am reminded, and I, I actually wrote about this on Giants Country, I am reminded, for those of you who um, who are old-timers like me, of Dave Meggett, who was like 5'7", five, 5'8", five about 210 pounds, as I recall, and who used to be a third down back for Bill Parcells back in the late 80s, early 90s. And Meggett basically used to stonewall guys every time. I mean, very rarely did he miss out on a block. What was the key? Leverage. And to kind of uh, prove that point, I actually did a, a little experiment before I sat down to record this. I actually was working with my husband on something. Now, my my husband um, outweighs me. He's also taller than I am. So I wanted to see about leverage and just kind of how it worked. And quite simply, if I'm standing straight up or back on my heels and he comes up to me and pushes me, I'm going to fall backwards. Okay, but if I am leaning forward and I'm low and crouched and I create a base, a power base, he's not going to be able to push me and knock me off balance. And I think that is what's going on with Evan Ingram. He's just not getting low enough. His technique is off. And I think if they continue to drill that with him and work with him on that, potentially he could uh, hold up when asked to block. Now, would I ask him to block on a consistent basis? Absolutely not. I still say um, that is not how I would use him because I don't think that's the best use of his talents. But with that said, here's the other problem. If you pigeonhole a guy into a corner, specific, you know, a specific role, now you're basically tipping off to the opponent what it is you're going to do. And I go back to 2007 when the Giants had a player by the name of Madison Hedgecock. He was their fullback. And every time Hedgecock was on the field, you could set your watch to this. You knew it was going to be a running play. And it usually was. I think I would say 99% of the times they ran a running play. So I think that's what the Giants are trying to avoid with Evan Ingram. They want him to be able to block as necessary. Um, Again, do I think it's the best use of his talents? No, I would rather see him in the passing game, but I certainly understand why the coaches are doing what they are doing with Evan Ingram. All right, Zach, let me get to your second question, which is what are your thoughts on the play of the offensive line, considering we have some vicious defensive lines to face in the next two weeks? Uh, Zach, I think this offensive line is is not as horrible as it looked. I think the big problem with this unit is still a lack of cohesiveness. I saw instances where um, timing was off. So, for example, there was one play that um, I think it was in the first quarter. It might have been Saquon Barkley's first play for, for negative yardage, where on the play, Cameron Fleming blocked the guy and then had to pass him off to Will Hernandez who had pulled and Fleming passed the guy off to Hernandez, I think a little too prematurely. And then by the, you know, because the timing was screwed up, Fleming was late to get to his guy and, 
you know, his guy ended up uh, blowing up the play in the backfield for a loss. So I think that's part of the problem. I also think part of the problem is, is the Giants maybe, you know, just in watching the game, I saw a lot of pre-snap motion initially that eventually calmed down a little bit. But I think when you're trying to build up that cohesiveness, you've got to kind of scale it back a little bit and keep it simple. Um, Another problem I saw were uh, stunts and twists. There was still some confusion, particularly on the left side, uh, between Hernandez and Nick Gates. So I do think eventually all that will straighten out, um, but it's going to be rough sledding here in the first like few weeks of the season because remember this this offensive line did not have an uh, an off season together and even though they had training camp and they tried to simulate all the looks and all that good stuff there's no substitute for the real McCoy and the real McCoy of course is live game action so all right Zach thank you so much for those questions folks we are going to take our first break when we come back more of your questions on this Twitter mailbag Friday Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Acorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership lore, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and stories of some of the greatest Giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8, 2020, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today, and thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trader here with you, and we are doing a mailbag. Your questions, my answers. I'm going to do the best I can to give you guys answers. And we are going to continue with a question from John Gersten, who asks, uh, I felt as though Golden and Fackrell were not at their best against the Steelers, especially in the second half, and this might be due to exhaustion. Do you agree that the Giants should give X-Man, which would be O'Shane Zimenez, and Carter Coughlin an opportunity to split snaps with Golden and Fackrell against the Bears? Uh, John, let me just pull out my sheet that says how many guys, uh, or how many snaps, rather, they played. So let me just see real quick. 
Uh, Lorenzo Carter played 63 out of the 64 snaps. Fackrell played only 28. Zimenez, 26. Golden, only 22. And who am I missing? Uh, Carter Coughlin. Carter Coughlin didn't even play on defense. So I don't think it was a matter of exhaustion. What I think it is, is just they had this rotation going. And, you know, I've always wondered if perhaps there's something to it. You know, we talk about uh, a running back getting into a groove and, uh, you know, just kind of finding this groove and, and picking up yards and whatnot. I wonder if the same holds true with pass rushers. I've always thought that to be the case. So, you know, the other thing for what it's worth is Fackrell is being used a little differently than I think he's been used in Green Bay. And so is Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden is definitely being used a little differently. And the uh, the closest comparison what I can give you is I could say that Lorenzo Carter is probably being used closer to how Golden was used last year, which is more as a hunter an attacker as opposed to a guy who kind of sits back and, you know, or loops in and, and engages in stunts and stuff like that. So the bottom line is, um, and I wondered about this too, you know, I know they say you can never have too many pass rushers, but I, I question whether the Giants have quality amongst the quantity they have at pass rushers. I think Carter's a keeper. I think Zimenez is a keeper. I think Golden is a keeper. I don't yet know. I would say the jury is out on the other guys right now. Um, hopefully they become keepers as well. Thank you for the question, John. And uh, hey, hope to hear from you again next week. All right. Next up is Danny Krause. And he has a couple of questions. The original Danny Dimes. He calls himself the original Danny Dimes. I love it. I love it, Danny. Uh, okay, so two questions. How do you feel Daniel Jones stacks up compared to where Eli was in year two? Uh, so, all right, let me answer that one first, and then I'll read the second one. Um, I have to think back. You think I would remember Eli in year two, but here's here's what I'll say. I see a lot of similarities between the two quarterbacks. I think Eli was a little bit further ahead than Daniel Jones was in the first, you know, I would say that for Eli's first three years, I thought he was a little further ahead. Uh, and obviously by the time the 2007 season rolled around, uh, 2006, 2007, Eli was really starting to come in his own. But uh, Daniel, he's not far off. I think he does a lot of good things. I outlined some of those good things in, on Giants Country. I thought, for example, he held it, held up in the pocket well. He took some hits. He read the blitzes well. He read his coverage well. Yes, he had a couple of mistakes. I mean, that that interception that he threw at the end of that 19-play uh, drive was just an absolute backbreaker. But you know what? I still feel good about where Daniel Jones is and where he's going in his development. I think if you just give this kid a little bit more help than what he got Monday night against the Steelers, just sit back and watch all the fantastic things he has still yet to show that he can do. Uh, second question you asked was, I like the Giants coming out. No huddle. Hurry up on the first drive. Over the years, no huddle has worked well for us. 
Any idea why we don't run it more? Yeah, um, this question actually comes up a lot, Danny. And the reason for that is, is the no huddle limits your offense. You can't get in the huddle, obviously, and you can't make, you know, adjustments and and rattle off different routes. You have to keep things simple. Why would you want to do that? You know, no huddle is a good way to, to, to you know, jumpstart an offense a little bit or, or to, you know, especially if you have a defense on the ropes, you can use it to tire them out more. But it's not something that you can run the entire game or for the majority of the game because it just basically limits what you are able to do. And most offensive coordinators will tell you that, you know, it's it's a tool, but not something to be overused. So I think uh, that's why we don't see it as often. Um, let's take our final break. We have a bunch of, we have two more people who sent in questions, but it looks like they have multiple questions. So I want to devote an entire segment to their questions. So folks, we will take our break, come back, and we will have the remaining questions on this Twitter mailbag, uh, Friday. Stay with us. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place where you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. And we have a couple more people who wrote in with questions, but they had multiple questions. So let's kick it off with Randall Ferraro, who... Uh, after uh, the Monday night game wrote in, said uh, Nick Gates was clearly lost out there last night. Terrible matchup for a guy that never played one game at center. Total confusion. If Judge doesn't care about wins right now and is focused on long-term, that's fine, etc. Cameron, Flem- Cameron Fleming is not an answer at right tackle. Don't know why he wasn't given more help by a tight end. Uh Okay, so basically that's what we call a, a reaction piece. Randall, let me back up here for a second. Nick Gates didn't have a horrible game. I don't think his game was as bad as you make it sound to me. I mean, having looked at the tape and whatnot, I think it was a little bit better. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. Were there issues with him getting knocked off his feet and miscommunications regarding stunts? Yes. But you've got to have the kids cut his teeth at some point. And the Steelers, I mean, it doesn't get much tougher than that. Maybe against the Rams and Aaron Donald, but otherwise it doesn't get much tougher than the Steelers. So you cut the teeth now, you learn, and then maybe you just kind of dial it back a little bit against the Bears and and maybe the 49ers and 
um, you just see what you have there. But I think it's too soon to kind of press the panic button regarding Nick Gates. Now, um, regarding Cameron Fleming, you have to remember he was signed initially to be the swing tackle. He is not the long-term answer at right tackle. I think the, the Giants want Matt Pert to be the long-term answer at right tackle. Matt Pert is not yet ready for full-time action. So I think, you know, that will eventually uh, straighten out and, and, and they'll make a change there. I could see that happening maybe down the line uh, this season if Matt Pert continues to develop. Um, let me just see. You sent a PS in. Okay, yeah. So your PS basically was a continuation of that thought. So, so yeah, Randall. I mean, I, I get the frustration, you know, and, and and I always tell folks, I always recommend when you write to me or or any kind of letters to the editor, it's probably best not to do it right after a game. It's probably not best not to do it during a game. I've I've seen many people send me letters and and they you know are upset about something and then pretty soon by the time the game ends what they were upset about is no longer a relevant topic because things have changed so always a good idea to kind of sleep on it a little bit and then see where it comes out with but yes I mean your your point about the offensive line is well taken um, but as I said before this is a unit that is you know working together really for the first time it's not going to be perfect but let's just see how it plays out. I, I personally think, you know, Nick Gates should be at guard and Spencer Pulley should be at center. And, you know, but uh, the coaches feel otherwise and their their pay grade is a lot higher than mine. So that's where we're at with them. OK, Howard Vex is next up and he has multiple questions. Let's see. Uh, four questions. Number one, and I'm going to just take these one at a time, Howard. Um, can you explain your thoughts as to why Saquon Barkley gets caught so far behind the line of scrimmage so often? Basically, uh, blocking. Uh, you watch some of the blocking up front, and it's not very good. It's not consistent. Um, one of the things, and you know, I meant to really do this, and I, I think I'm going to do this um, the next one, I, I didn't really get into it as much as I'd like to because of the Monday night game being a short work week, but I want to see on film if maybe Barkley is, is doing something where he's maybe tipping off where he's going in, in terms of what direction. I don't know that that necessarily has anything to do with it, Howard, but I do know that the blocking up front has been inconsistent and that has been a problem. If there's nowhere to run, I, I'm not really sure what Barkley or any running back for that matter is supposed to do. Question number two, what are your thoughts on Nick Gates' first start at center? Again, not horrible. Um, basically what you would kind of expect for, for a guy who was making his first NFL start at center. There were some things that he has to clean up, some communication issues, um, I still say he his best position is at guard, but um, you know what? I I don't think there were a lot of instances, maybe one or two, where where you know things just fell off the rail. But uh, the coaches like him there, and I, they're going to continue to to develop him there. My thoughts on Andrew Thomas's first start at left tackle. I thought the kid played well. 
Again, nobody on that offensive line had a perfect showing. I want to make that clear. I thought uh, Andrew Thomas, though, was probably one of the best performers or the most consistent, I should say, of the offensive linemen. And then your final question, thoughts of on Corey Ballantine's first start at cornerback. Um, Corey Ballantine, I thought, had a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, I thought he was aggressive and he, he came up and made hits, solid hits, I might add. Um, some of the, the passes he allowed completed were just tough tough ones to cover. I mean, just a case of the quarterback putting the ball where uh, only the receiver could get it. So I didn't have too much problem there. Um, I'm just looking through my note. Um, yeah, so overall, I mean, you, you look at the stats and the completions against him and you could say, well, you know, it really didn't look like a solid game. It actually was a little bit better than how it looked. I mean, the coverage was fine. I don't think he got really burned on anything um, to where he was turned around and left, you know, grasping for air or anything like that. So I was encouraged in that regard. Uh, with that said, I don't know how much longer he's going to be the starting cornerback. I still wonder if perhaps the plan at that position is to have a rotation. That to me would make more sense, you know, especially if the Giants want to be multiple and especially since they want to, since they talk about, you know, different matchups and whatnot. So, but yeah, Corey Ballantyne, I thought had an acceptable showing uh, for his first start uh, at, at the outside cornerback spot. So, all right, Giant fans, that will do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast and for the week for that matter. So, um, I hope you have a great week. Make sure you tune in next week. We've got loads of good stuff planned. And I am working on potentially, fingers crossed, having a little surprise for you. won't tell you what it is, but um, I'm working on it. I'm hopeful it will happen. I think it's going to happen. And I think if it does happen, a lot of you are going to really enjoy it. So make sure you tune in next week to the Locked on Giants podcast. This is Patricia Trainer. Have a great one.